4: We are here to make you money. How
2: do you say that? that.
1: How do you People know that? Five simple words, That's Mr. Michaels. That's impossible to know. Back up the brink strip.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and for the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson. And we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And boys, it's time for the Sweet 16, the second weekend. And yours truly's alma mater, the Syracuse Orange, has made it on the back of Buddy Bayheim in the 2-3 zone Hello. to the Sweet 16. The Sweet 16, we've made it. Drew, your team falling apart bucket. at the seams. Dove falling apart the at the G. seams. Coast, Isaiah yeah. Liver is nowhere to be found. It didn't matter. Your team is in didn't the Sweet matter. 16. The Michigan Go Blue. And we have a big show for you guys this week. We have a big, big guest at the end of the show. Joey Brackets himself. Joe Lenardi. Joe Lenardi will be gracing your eardrums at an interview by the three of us. I can't wait. It's a very fun interview. He was a fantastic interview. We got him laughing. We got him telling us some stories. And he tells us, point blank, how much he hates the Syracuse Orange. I can't wait for you guys to hear that story. But first, we're going to break down each of the Sweet 16 games. All three of us are going to give you a bet for these games. We're going to give you a leaner. We're going to give you a Brinks truck best bet. And let me say one thing. You're going to want to listen to for the Sharp. You're going to want to listen to Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, because they are hot, hot right now. Drew, Dangles, talk about your weekends, man. You've made some money for us. You've made some money for the listeners.
3: Well, I will say, Tony, I kind of gave myself a challenge. I was going to make one bet for every first round game, one bet per game. See how I did. I ended up making 34 naturally. Would you (laughs) imagine my first round record all documented? I know I gave some losers on Twitter, but you can go in all my random sports books. Someone on Twitter asked me, do you place all these bets? Yes. I'm not, I'm not playing for Buffalo Nickels here, man. I'm playing for money. Okay. 16, 16 and two. Unbelievable. Batting 500. Obviously we're down some juice. However, I won't rehash my middle bet that I was very enthusiastic The truly podcast. (laughs) But then, boys, I caught some fire. Second round. Not only did I middle, but I sent you my ticket. Oral Bob, my friends. Oral Bob. Moneyline over parlay. Hit it for some nice units. And then a Michigan, a UCLA, and an Alabama moneyline parlay in the second round. Cash money. Let's go, hotter than a pistol, and I feel great going in the Sweet 16. And can I just say, Oral Bob, unbelievable. Thank you, Twitter, for all the amazing content that Oral Bob has given us. And listen, I'm not here to make jokes. Oral Bob sucked the life out of the Buckeyes. They blew the doors down against Florida. And if Arkansas is not careful, they're going to get licked. Somehow, someway,
4: we have a sober Drew for this podcast, and he's still making sexual innuendos. Dangles, you're hot too, man. How are you feeling?
2: I feel great, because I put it all on Syracuse, essentially, last week, and it paid off. Two of my four bets uh, were on Syracuse last week, cashed them both, uh, as well as the uh, spread on Florida State. Unfortunately, Rutgers plus nine against Houston did not come to fruition, but I don't care.
3: because oh, did. It did. Was it? I must have missed. I'm sorry. I must have. So I yeah, went four Yeah, Rutgers 4-0. Lost by three. Yeah, Rutgers Ruck, is a big winner. So you're doing better than you thought. Sorry. I, I just want to correct you. Sorry. Because because you won. I did
2: land on that uh, on that spread, so I went I went four and zero last week with the Florida State minus one against Colorado, Syracuse, West Virginia under one forty seven and a half, and Syracuse to lead after the first half, which was easy money, buddy. I am a bucket. Bayheim made sure <laughs> of that. He is hot right now. There's not a team in the NCAA boys, I don't think, that wants to play the Syracuse Orange right now. This nope. defense is incredible, and I'm loving this matchup against Houston. I mean, we've already already made our way through a good san diego state team and a very good west virginia team now we've got this houston team that uh, comes from a conference that is not very prolific i cannot wait for this matchup and uh, i'm gonna be putting some more uh putting some more uh cheddar on them this weekend as well
4: so dangles is hot drew is hot so let's move on to the sweet 16 after the first wait two- tony
3: tony tony how, to fill us in, how'd you do bud
4: uh how, how'd i do doing what what are you talking about
3: you're making some picks on the college basketball march madness did you watch any of it I, I watched
4: all of it, more than enough of it. And I have to say, uh, Tony Turney on this podcast is a mush. Tony Turney on this podcast hasn't won a bet since uh, February. So Tony Turney, Tony Cavallo, Tony Tires, Tony whatever, Tony Off, Tony Top Shelf, we're struggling. We're struggling, but I think I know why. I think I know why, and I think I know how to fix it. And that fix is coming up when we start to break down the Sweet 16 games with the very first one, and that's coming up next. West
1: Coast, West 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 Coast. coast, coast. Dub C uh-huh. to the G, West, west Coast
4: Gamblers. Banned- okay, boys, Sweet 16 time. We have eight games. That means we have eight bets to give out to our listeners. It's time to make some money. Dangles, what are we starting off with? What's the first game on the docket?
2: All right, first game on the docket is... A doozy, boys. I really like this one. Number 12 seed, Oregon State from Corvallis, Oregon, taking on the Loyola Chicago Ramblers and Sister Jean. It's an 11.40 a.m. Pacific Coast, 2.40 p.m. East Coast start time. Oregon State uh, in the hole by a touchdown right now. It's a seven-point spread. The uh, uh, total is 125 and the hook. Loyola
4: got here as the 8th seed by beating the 1-seed Illinois, and they thrubbed them. They also beat the ACC tournament champion Georgia Tech. They look strong as an ox. Oregon State is the Pac-12 tournament champion. They upset Tennessee by 14 points, and then they beat number one draft pick Cade Cunningham and the Oklahoma State team by 10 points as well. It's the Beavers versus the Ramblers. Drew, a 12-seed versus an 8-seed. One of these guys is going to the Elite Eight. Do you have any inklings on who it might be? Do you have any inklings on how you're going to make money on this on this game?
3: First of all, seriously, we kind of you know talked about Sister Jean, Loyola, Cameron, Cam Crutwick. I mean, the performance by far of the tournament yeah. against Illinois. Wire-to-wire winner. Yes. 13-point easy victory, and they just look like the better team. If Loyola played Illinois 100 times on su- Sunday, they would have won 100 times. Yes. So very, very impressed and Oregon State, what can you say about the Pac-12, man? Very impressive. unbelievable. Um, play, played great against Oklahoma State. However, in this game, as Dangles has pointed out, seven points for Loyola on a 125-and-a-half-point spread is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of points to be giving, especially in a small spread. So what I'm going to recommend here is something that I hardly recommend, and I'm going to lead off with it because Schaefer the Sharp is on fire And this bet is probably bound to lose, even though I will place it. I will give you the winner here. However, I have to do it. I'm placing a rare, very rare college basketball five-point teaser. Yeah, I looked at it too. I am going to tease Sister Jean to go back to the Elite Eight. I'm going to tease it down four and a half points to minus two and a half. I'm going to pair that with Roll Tide of Alabama to get it down to minus two. And I'm going to tease that minus 120. So my first bet of the Sweet Sixteen... College basketball teaser, which normally I would do not recommend. I'm going to recommend it here. Sister Jean minus two and a half, Bama minus two at 120. That is my bet.
4: Okay, okay. Shave for the sharp has been hot. Dangles. Uh, do you want to go? Do you want the guy who cannot hit a bet to save his life to go before you? You are currently undefeated.
2: I, I'll I'll go. I'm probably going to end that streak this week, but I'll go because I uh, I too like uh, Oregon State in that game, and I like I like the spread where it is. I like them honestly to win that game straight up. I th- I think the Loyola Beavers, Chicago's huh? run is going to come to an end. I really love what I've seen out of this Oregon State team though so, so far. Uh, I also love their numbers against the spread and as an underdog. They're 15-5 and five against the spread as an underdog this season and have covered in 12 of their last 13 in which they were underdogs in all of one. So their numbers are definitely in their favor from a betting perspective. They're as hot as anybody uh, in the tournament right now, maybe with the exception of our Syracuse Orange. Um, but that was one of my pretty heavy locks this week was Oregon state plus six and a half against Loyola Chicago but fear not fear not I know you said uh don't take a don't take a a college basketball teaser but it's possible I may have a teaser later on
4: there we go possible
2: I might have a 5.2 team teaser a little bit later on
4: Okay, well, let me say I told you uh, to cliffhang the end of last segment. I told you I figured out why I've been doing so poorly on the bets, why I've gone over in the round of 32. It is clear because Drew made a change last week. He came in drunk as a skunk, but he made a change. He apologized to dear Sister Jean. He looked up to the heavens, and he said, I I cursed you out last week, and I was wrong. Now I bet you, and you won, right? You won on Loyola last week. That's what I'm going to do this week. Sister Jean, I am sorry. This is my penance. This is my repent. I confess I was a bad boy. Whip me all you want. I am betting Loyola minus seven. No tease, no tricks, no trades. Loyola minus seven looking to the heavens and hoping it blesses me for a very profitable future. And it starts with Loyola Chicago minus seven. Let's move on to game number two.
2: All right, uh, boys, let's make the 15-minute drive about... Six and a half miles uh, from point to point from Banker's Life Fieldhouse, the home of the Indiana uh, Indiana Pacers, where we played our first game. We're going to head to Butler University, the campus of uh, Butler University uh, and the Hinkle Fieldhouse, where we have our second game of the day. It's the number five seed Villanova Wildcats out of the Big East, taking on the number one seed Baylor Bears uh, from the Big 12 Villanova uh, is uh, underdogs by seven and a half points. The total in the game, 140 and a half. Tony? Villanova got here by
4: doing what they were supposed to do. They beat a 12 seed by 10 points, then they beat a 13 seed in the round of 32 by by over 20. Villanova, no matter who they were missing, did what they were supposed to do, made it to the Sweet 16. Baylor, same deal. They whipped the shit out of those acne flavored Hartford 16-year-olds and then beat up on Wisconsin as well in what was never a competitive game. So Baylor's looking like a 1 seed they're supposed to be. Villanova's looking like the 5 seed they're supposed to be. Drew, Do you think this game is closer than the seven and a half? Is Villanova, is this when the magic runs out for this team that is severely missing players?
3: Well, I do have to pat myself on the back very briefly, boys, because as you know, Winthrop was the sexy pick in those pools. And I said, something tells me that Jay Wright's going to have his team ready. And boy, did he ever. Really impressive performance. I was so happy. Can I say how happy I was to drink the blood of the North Texas Mean Green? <laughs> I laid, I laid them. Nova hard, and of of course the first the first ten minutes, North Texas does not miss a three pointer. They're up by about eight. I'm like, I'm gonna lose my mind, and I just enjoyed the shit out of that 26 to one run for <laughs> Nova to end the first half. Go Nova! Thank you for giving me a sigh of relief. F North Texas forever. However, (laughs) I do think the party ends here for Nova. Um, They're just going to be outmatched here. Now, the only chance that Nova has to win this game, and you give Jay Wright a full week to prepare, I do think they play at a very, very deliberate slow pace, and I think their only chance to win or keep this game close is to slow the pace down. Yeah. So I might lean Baylor with the points. I might lean the game under with 140 half however my bet on this game my official bet will be I'm going back to the well in the first half under here I like the under 65 and a half in the first half Jay Wright very deliberate very slow maybe Baylor comes out a little rusty I like the first half under 65 and a half that will be my bet for this game
4: okay okay dangles what do you have for this game
2: I completely agree with everything you said Drew I think uh, that Villanova's Been great and Jay Wright is a champion And I love his interviews and his Suits uh, and, and just Everything about him his salt and pepper hair He's a fantastic coach uh, uh, And I just think that the Baylor Bears are too good and Too strong I've got the first Half spread in favor of Baylor Three and a half points I think that's a Lock I just think they're going to run away with this And and whoop up on on Villanova uh, I'm going against the grade
4: which is Okay. I am Tony Turney, and Tony Turney's not having a good day, but I believe in Jay Wright. And I don't know if I believe in the Baylor Bears as much. I think seven and a half is a big spread. I think Villanova keeps this close. I don't think they win, but I think they give it a fight. I'm going to Villanova plus seven and a half. So let's move on to the third game of the day.
2: All right, on to game number three, guys. It's back to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, where we have number 15, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Amazing. Oklahoma. Stand up it's huge it's crazy what a run they've been on they absolutely have whooped up uh, on the teams that they've played so far and they take on yet another tough challenge in the number three Arkansas Razorbacks uh, It's at 425 on the west coast 725 for those of you tuning in from the East Coast the line ladies and gentlemen 11 and a half in favor of the hogs Suey that is a big line the total 159 points a big total Vegas expecting a high scoring game here.
4: How did Oral Roberts get here? A three-point win over the two-seed Ohio State, a three-point win over the seven-seed Florida. They are shooting the lights out 75 and 81 points respectively in the game. Arkansas hit 85 against Colgate, did what they were supposed to do, and then played arguably the game of the tournament against Texas Tech and beat them by two. It came down to the wire. Arkansas and Oral Roberts both living by the skin of their teeth. Drew, who you fading, who you liking in this 315 matchup?
3: Brief story, gentlemen. Did you know... December 20th, these two teams met Arkansas, Oral Roberts, and Oral Roberts was up at 10. They were up by 10 at halftime, stretched the lead to as much as 13 early in the second half, only to be outscored by 21 points in the second half in Arkansas to cover what number? 11. Wow. Unbelievable. So I think the line here, and they scored a combined 163 points in the game, so I think the line here is right. I'm going to really try to be sharp here, boys. I'm going for it. This is my 1st back back-up-the-brinks-truck bet of the show, and it's a little contrarian. Arkansas typically has not started out very well in the first half. They were in a dogfight against Colgate. They're basically even with Texas Tech. However, based on the recent game, based on the fact they were down 10 at half early, and Oral Bob's not s- sneaking up on anybody anymore. No. This team is legit. The must-bust knows. I'm predicting the Arkansas... Big Suey Razorbacks to come out with their hair on fire to get some defense, to, to shut down Amos O'Bannon. I'm predicting they come out hot. I like Arkansas in the first half. Minus six. It's going to be my first Brink Trust bet. The must-best coming out knowing he cannot start slow again. Back up the Brink truck, Arkansas, woo, Suey. Minus six, first half. Let's go.
1: Hey, Marty.
3: Back up the Brink
1: truck.
2: Dangles? All right, well, this is uh, where I'm going to get a little outside of my comfort zone and try something new. I was poking around, and I, Drew mentioned that he, he doesn't recommend it, and I'd be curious to hear in, like, two sentences before we move on why why that's the case in college basketball. I know the numbers are kind of hard to predict. I'm guessing maybe that's part of it, especially uh, in the college game. Um, but I, I, I'm i going to try this 5.2-team teaser here. Uh, Oral Roberts at plus 16. I'm going to tease them down to 11 against Arkansas. I'm gonna And I'm going to wrap this in with the gonzaga Creighton game. Gonzaga is minus 13. I've seen it 13 and a half in a lot of places, but I got it at 13, down to eight against Creighton and make that a little bit easier. So you're taking Oral Roberts plus 16
4: and a half and then Gonzaga minus what, eight and a half? Does that end up being?
2: Yes, that's correct, Tony.
4: Got you. Okay, Oral Bob for you. Uh, Drew, I'm either doing really well or you're going to be in trouble this weekend because my bet for this game, and it wasn't even difficult, was the first half Arkansas minus six. And uh, so, if Tony Turner is going to turn the tide, it starts right here. Arkansas minus go, six bud. in the first half is my bet as well. Let's jump move, on in. Let's go. Let's move on to the last game of the day, my favorite game of the weekend, and you know why? Dangles. What closes us out?
3: Dangles. Yes, two sentences or less. College basketball teases. It's all about possessions and key numbers. There's key number. There's key numbers and limited possessions in football. There's multiple possessions and no key numbers in basketball. High variance. A lot of free throws. Not recommended.
2: Perfect. Little
3: Schaefer the Sharp Gambling School tidbit
2: there. I think that's the shortest he's ever been with that. Maybe our two-sentence rule needs to continue. By the way, that segment's sponsored by Hooked on Phonics. Moving on to uh, the last game of the day, my favorite game of the day as well. It is the number 11 seed, Syracuse Orange and Buddy Beheim and Jim Beheim, the old man, against the number two seed, Houston Cougars. That game, 6.55 on the West Coast, 9.55, a late one. You have to stay up. The line on this one, Syracuse, plus uh, 6.5, the spread here. Uh, The total of the game is uh, 139 and the hook. Tony. How did the Syracuse Orange somehow, again, as a double-digit seed, manage to get their way into the Sweet 16? It's how they always get here. It's
4: the 2-3 zone and some hot shooters from the outside. It is a tried-and-true practice. Jim Boeheim has been in so many uh, Sweet 16s over his past 10 years as the Syracuse Orange coach, and it doesn't matter who's in there. Malachi Richardson, you know, like Johnny Flynn, Wesley Robinson, now his son, Buddy Bayheim, taking over the mantle. He proved to the world that I don't even need to recruit anybody. I'll get him from my own lineage and still make the sweet sixteen with him. That's how good of a coach Jim Bayheim is. Bob Huggins, see you later. They beat them in the round of a uh, round of thirty two. They also took out San Diego State. Houston, however, is a pretty damn good team as the two seed. They took care of business against the 15 Cleveland State, and a lot of people had Rutgers to pull off an upset, and they Houston won that game by three. It was closer than it should have been. But as Drew said about Earl Bob, and I'm going to go to him soon, no one is going to be surprised by Syracuse anymore. No, This is going to be an expected team. Houston had all week to prepare for it. Drew, how are you feeling about my Syracuse Orange against Houston?
3: Well, first of all, I owe both of you a thank you card. You, you, were, you tried to worry about the Qs. I warmed to him as the as the tournament neared. I took him back to back, back to back games, and boy, let me tell you something very quickly about Buddy Beheim. He's just not Jim Beheim's son. Good shooter. That dude is a legitimate modern day NBA prospect. Yep. There's is no a doubt. He is fucking bucket. He, he he is not. He will be on an NBA roster and be. He might be a first round draft pick. He is absolutely. Hopefully not this year. Fantastic. Give us one more year, buddy. Ha- just I I've been so impressed. So listen, Houston dangles D- dangles referenced it earlier playing kind of weak conference Rutgers choked the game choked the game away that they, they very well could have been knocked out by Rutgers. they survived i like Calvin sampson i like the tough defense there's no way i'm taking anyone but syracuse here. <laughs> six and a half i i could paint me orange color me orange boys uh, absolutely syracuse plus six and a half come on what are we doing? I love here? it. Move We've on. We've converted them. Dangles. Take the six and a half points. That's easy. That's easy. We've converted them. What do you got for this game? Well, Drew, I was going to take the
2: spread on this, but um, why don't I? I think I'm just going to go all in, balls to the wall. I'm taking the Syracuse money line plus two oh five here. I just love it. I just love the way that they're playing. I think this Houston team is is a paper tiger. They have only played two other tournament teams this year: Wichita State, who was a play in team and lost, and Texas Tech, uh, who was a six seed, I believe leave they won that game Uh, Texas Tech was the only ranked opponent they played all season long outside of that they did not have a particularly strong schedule and of course strength of schedule doesn't always mean everything in March but I do think playing in a conference like the ACC matters when you get to this point in the NCAA tournament the Syracuse Orange have simply seen athletes and talent that the Houston Cougars haven't this year I'm just going all in on Syracuse on this not just because they're my alma mater because again as I said earlier in the Podcast. No team in the tournament right now wants to play this two-three zone. If you and you've been hearing it in the broadcasts over and over and over again, like a broken record. You don't have time to prepare for it. You can't simulate it in practice. It is individual. It is. It moves the way that it moves. It's. It's interesting to watch it from year to year, Tony. And I don't know if you noticed this as well as as a, uh, an alum, but even with the different players. The flow is always the same. Like, Bayheim has so imprinted that 2-3 zone mentality into every single recruit and walk-on, every person, scholarship or not, that he brings in there. They just always look like one unit out there, and it's moving in a way that I haven't seen it move even when we were, you know, there, maybe with the exception of that 9 team that had a run and, and could have won it if on a didn't get hurt. Um, but I love them. I'm taking the money line. Go, Orange, C-U-S-E go i'm pumped about the game i'm pumped about the
4: team there's so much fun to watch Dolajai in the middle if you're gonna watch that two three zone watch the guy who's playing the five because he runs the whole offense and defense and he is Dolajai as a passer on offense is unbelievable i'm so excited about this team but what you saw in that west virginia game is what i'm scared about in this houston game west virginia ended up getting one kid who just started shooting lights out from beyond the zone and once you hit one or two threes against that zone the whole team lights up. The whole team goes, oh, man, we've unlocked it. We see a couple of the swishes. We're going to go for it. Houston might not have the athletes that other teams do, but they have the shooters. And I'm a little bit afraid that Houston shooters are going to get hot against this zone because, again, they've had a week to prepare for it. Samson's a good coach. It's going to be a little bit interesting to see how Houston comes out of the gate and how Syracuse comes out of the gate. I'm not touching the spread in this game. I'm not touching any half. I'm not touching any over-under. I'm going into the player prop section, and I'm going against my guy for my guy, Mr. Buddy Beheim. Buddy Bayheim's number right now on FanDuel over under is 20 and a half points against this Houston team. 20 and a half points. Buddy Bayheim had 31 and 25 in his 2 NCAA tournament games. Buddy Bayheim has hit this number in his last 4 games. Buddy Bayheim has hit this number in 7 of his last 9 games. The man averages 15 shots a game for Syracuse. The man averages almost double digit 3 point shots for Syracuse. If they are going to be in this game at all, they're going to need Buddy Bayheim to produce, which makes me go over 20 and a half points for Buddy Bayheim. That's it for day one, though. Let's move on to day two. Dangles, what begins the Sweet 16 day two section.
2: We start off with a doozy at 1110 here on the West Coast uh, for the gamblers out here and uh, 240 for those of you who are gambling on the East Coast. It is the number five seed Creighton Blue Jays out of Omaha, Nebraska, facing off against the number one seed, the tip top, the best Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs representing Spokane, Washington. Uh, That game is at Hinkle Fieldhouse. We're on the campus of Butler University again here. The, The line, ladies and gentlemen, it's big here. Gonzaga. Favored by 13, and the hook. The total 158 points. Tony, how did we get here?
4: How did we get here? Gonzaga is meant to be here. They almost hit 100 points against their 16 seed matchup, and then they beat the crap out of Oklahoma, 87 to 71. Creighton, by the way, everyone counted them out. They had a one point victory against UCSB, one point victory, and then they kicked the crap out of Ohio. A lot of people picked Ohio to win that game too. Didn't matter. Creighton was meant to be here. They have an offense. Gonzaga has an offense. Drew, where are we going with this game?
3: Well, boys, as you know, I invested heavily in Gonzaga to come out of this region. I'm holding a minus 230 ticket. They are two games away. So, obviously, I am already invested in the Zags. Now, I might sprinkle on game day. I might sprinkle... A bet that I actually got a compliment from Tony Squares via Twitter, which, in case you don't follow, is a very difficult thing to do. I bet Eastern Washington first 15 against Kansas, and that hit four plus money. If Creighton has a good number, I might make a little race for Creighton to hit the first 15. We saw Oklahoma do this against them. However, my best bet for this game it's easy. Gonzaga they've scored 40 points or more in the first half in 10 straight games. They haven't. The last time they didn't do this was early February. Their their total. For the first half, right now, is 40 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm paying a dollar 20 for it. However, this team's just too good. I don't think they really break a sweat in this game. I think if I think they cruise in the second half, they might cover. They might not. I do think it's double digits in the last four minutes, and it's an easy victory onto the regional final. Best bet in this game: Gonzaga over team total 40 and a half first half.
4: Love it, Dangles. What do you got?
3: Well, this was part of my
2: uh, two uh, team five point teaser. I have Gonzaga down from 13 uh, I, uh, to uh, minus eight uh, against Creighton here, with Oral Roberts uh, down to uh, or up to plus 16 from 11 against Arkansas.
4: Gotcha. Well, my bet's easy, too. I know it's a lot of points. But both of these teams have offenses that are clicking. I'm taking the over. I'm rooting for points to start us off on this day. I'm excited for it. Over 158. Let's go Gonzaga. Let's go Crate and put the biscuit in the basket. What's the next game on the docket?
2: All right, Drew, here we go. You wanted it. You got it. It's the number four Florida State Seminoles from Tallahassee. We're back at the Banker's Life Fieldhouse, by the way. This is the uh, alternation pattern, if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, the Florida State Seminoles, number four seed. Take on the number one seed, Michigan Wolverines, at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. on the West Coast. Uh, The line here is 2.5 Points in favor of the Wolverines, the total 140. Four. What uh, what are we looking at in path in terms of the path here, Tony? This is the
4: chalk that we were meant to be here. Michigan did what they had to do against LSU. Was probably LSU was underseeded as an eight seed. Michigan still won that game. Very exciting game. And then Michigan beat the crap out of Texas Southern in the first round. Florida State did the same against UNC Greensboro and then beat the crap out of the Pac-12 regular season champion Colorado. Uh, Florida State is a real four seed. Michigan is a real one seed. Drew. Is Livers playing?
3: I am not counting on Livers playing, and I have a thing or two to say about this game, <laughs> if you guys can imagine that. So, I said before the tournament, before the bracket, how Tony Square said, oh, tough draw for Michigan, and Dangles has Florida State marching on his bracket. <laughs> I said, before any of this happened, I said, if Michigan gets to Florida State, they will not lose to Florida State. Correct. Why? Because Leonard Hamilton is built for regionals. He's not built to get out of regionals because he's never got out of regionals. Now, if I if I saw something different that LSU game, you guys watched the LSU game, arguably probably one of the best second round games of the whole year. Yep. Michigan got hit in the mouth, and Jawan Howard, who who is a rookie coach in the NCAA tournament, because obviously last year he didn't get the chance to coach in the tournament. I what I saw from Jawan Howard was damn inspiring. <laughs> this team didn't blink, they held their cool. Cam Thomas couldn't miss a shot; he's a top ten draft pick. They stayed cool. They took the lead at halftime. I said, they might run away with this thing. Well, guess what? They didn't. LSU comes out. They're on fire. Michigan's down five with 10 minutes left. I'm pacing around my basement. I'm My palms are sweaty. What was Juwan doing? He was cool. He was calm. He was collected. Shaundi Brown, Eli Brooks, these are role players on the teams. They go for 20 apiece. They are rolling. This team is a team of destiny. And let me tell you something. This number is wrong. I rarely see a number where it's this wrong. And here's why it's wrong. I'll tell you why it's wrong. The Big Ten, rightfully so, is being humiliated, dragged through the, mud the media for how poorly they performed in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. Yes. And I get that. This number is directly affected by that perception. This number should be 5.5. It should be 6. If LSU and Florida State played tomorrow on a neutral, Florida State might be favored by a point, maybe a point and a half. Michigan closed at 5-point favorites. We're getting them at 2.5. Are you serious, boys? We got Franz, Hunter Dickinson, Florida State. Look, athletic. They're they're got they got big guards. Blah blah blah. They're deep. This team can't handle Michigan. Mm. I promise you, they cannot handle Michigan. Mm. This is one of the best spots of the whole tournament that you could possibly bet on. And just for this, just because it's my home team, and of course I'm betting Michigan. But just because it's Michigan basketball, it's my pride and joy, and it's my two and a half. We're bringing it back, boys. We are bringing it back. We're bringing it back. Back up the Brinks truck, an all world spot for the Wolverines, minus two and a half, lay it, take the rubber band off, make sure the bookie has enough money to pay his kids after this. <laughs> Michigan. Go boo. Wow.
2: Uh, dangles. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna bring it back down just a little bit. I'm glad I'm glad he's excited about about his team. Um, Drew, I'm taking the nulls. I'm taking the Seminoles. I'm going for the full money line here. I've ridden Florida State this entire tournament. I know you love your Wolverines, but I just, I love this this Florida State team. They're deep. They can rotate guys in on you. They're huge. They're absolutely huge. I, are they are they the tallest team in the tournament? They, if they're not, they're one of the tallest teams in the tournament. Their they're, they're, athletes are massive. I think they can run with Michigan. They can run with anybody. I'm going to take the money line here, but I do also like an, a, a lean towards the over on 144 here. I think this is going to be a high Scoring a fair.
4: uh I'm taking the Seminoles money line plus 125. Yeah! Let's move on to game Woo-hoo! number seven.
2: I will take you guys down. All right, moving on later into the afternoon, we have the 11 seed UCLA Bruins from right here in Los Angeles and over in Westwood taking on the number two seed Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, the the pride of Tuscaloosa, 415 on the West Coast, 715 on the East Coast. We're back at Butler here in the Hinkle Fieldhouse for this one. The line here is six and a half points in favor of the Crimson Tide, the over, under, 145, and the hook. Tony, how did we get here?
4: UCLA, the only team to play three games to get here. They beat Michigan State in a first four game. Then they beat the 6C BYU handedly. Then they beat Albany and Christian even more handedly. They are looking Good. They're looking ready to cook. Alabama beat Rick Patino's Iona by 13 points. That spreads a little bit farther than what the game was actually. And then they they kicked the crap out of Maryland. Let's not lie. They kicked the crap out of Maryland. Alabama's looking hot. UCLA is as well. Drew, how are you feeling on this game?
3: Guys, probably the most uncomfortable of any games on the Sweet 16 docket for me. Which is why um, I was
4: surprised you included them in your teaser earlier.
3: Well, this th- I can see this game going one of two ways. I can see it getting out of hand quickly for UCLA. Alabama controls the pace, and they run them out of the gym, and it's it's a it's a monster victory for Alabama. Or I can see UCLA really trying to control the tempo, slapping up the game, and it's a low-scoring total down to last possession. Yeah. That's why I have Bama including the tees. I, I stick by that Loyola minus 2.5, Bama minus 2 tees. I might sprinkle something on the game total here under just because I think UCLA's only chance is is to slow the game down. Mick Cronin, play a half court, try to slow Bama down. Bama looks great, man. If Bama meets Michigan in the regional final, that is going to be a lights-out fireworks show. But for now, I'm just going to stick with my Bama minus 2, Loyola minus 2.5 tees. Dangles? I uh, think Bama is going to be a
2: really tough test here for UCLA. UCLA, remember, had to play a play-in game. They were right on the bubble getting in in the first place, beat Michigan State to get in. Uh, Then they beat a Brigham Young team that I think was overseeded and and does not play in a difficult conference and were clearly no match for a team from a, from a, a Power 5 conference. And then they had the, the you know Abilene Christian who had a great game against Texas, but I I don't think we're actually built for the tournament. This is a true test. I'm going Bama over 76 and a half points total for the game this uh this time around. I think they're going to put a whooping on this UCLA team, which is very good offensively, but they they do give up a lot of points. Uh, I like Bama over 76 and a half for the game.
4: I really like UCLA. UCLA has been my Syracuse as well. I've been betting on them throughout the whole time, money line each time they been winning 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 I'm not sure if they win this game but I do like them in this game and this is going to be my tease my my four four point tease for this game I'm teasing UCLA up to 10 and a half and I'm teasing it with the under so the under now is under 149 and a half plus UCLA plus 10 and a half love that love UCLA go Bruins and then the final game of the Sweet 16 slate, we will be back. By the way, we're planning to do a, a midnight recording again if Drew can stay awake long enough to go over the Elite Eight matchups and continue the gambling ways. But first, we have to get there. What's the last Sweet 16 game on the docket? Diggity Dangles.
2: Oh, it's a good one. We got a little good one to round out the day on Sunday. It's a Pac 12 matchup. Two teams that know each other very well, see each other a lot during the regular season. The number seven seed, Oregon Ducks, out of Eugene. Oregon come in and they take on the number six seed USC Trojans from right here in Los Angeles in downtown. This one's at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. This line on this game is two points in favor of... The Trojans fighting on at two points, 138, and the hook is the total in this game. Tony, how'd we get here?
4: Oregon, the only team to get here, only playing one game, but that one game was important. A 15-point defeat of the Iowa Hawkeyes, a two-seed USC. They beat up Drake relatively easily, and then they made three-seed Kansas look like a 13-seed, beat them by over 30 points. USC looks strong behind the Mobley brothers. Oregon looks strong, but only one game and light legs on them. Drew, what are you feeling about this Pac-12 matchup to see who makes? the elite
3: eight well boys as you know a minus 230 ticket on zaga and a plus 500 ticket before the tournament for the oregon ducks to make the elite eight i think i got a little flack from tony squares i got a little lucky with the forefoot but hey beggars can't be choosers i'll take the round one victory absolutely they dismantled iowa so i am one count them one game away from cashing this plus 500 ticket I am not going to be an idiot and hedge uh, like you did all NFL season because I was 0 for, for infinity in hedging. So for the sake of this podcast, for the sake of my mental health and just simplicity, Oregon Moneyline. Oregon Moneyline. Let's cash that ticket. Oregon Moneyline.
2: <laughs> Dangles. I'm going with the over here, guys. I think these two teams know each other well. Uh, you, you, We you saw what a clinic USC was put on last week scoring-wise. The Mobley brothers uh, went off, and there's a there's a third guard whose name is, is escaping me right now who is having an excellent game. I loved what I saw out of this feisty uh, USC team uh, and Andy Enfield, of course, of Dunk City fame, how he ended up landing this job. I'm going the over in this game, 139 points.
4: Love it, love it. And I'm going with Oregon as well, and I also like the money line. Oregon and USC met only once this year, and Oregon lost 72-58. to 58. 72-58 to 58 at USC. After that game, Oregon lost one game in the rest of their 12, and that was to Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon's angry, okay? Oregon wants to avenge this loss. I'm going with the Oregon money line over USC. Drew?
3: Last thing, boys and girls and listeners, I gave you the back of the Brinkstruck bet with the Wolverines. I know my my co-hosts are cross-firing, cross-firing me. That's fine. Michigan minus 2.5, back up the Brinks truck. However, I do have a back up the Brinks truck money Moneyline Parlay that I love. I love. I played it. I got a Baylor, Loyola, Arkansas. Moneyline Parlay at plus 110. I really like that price. Baylor, Loyola, Sister Jean, Arkansas, Must Bus. That's Let's a great roll, bet. I love plus that. Plus 110, Mo- Moneyline Parlay. That's my best back up the Brinks truck. money Moneyline Parlay.
4: So we've done enough gambling on the Sweet 16 games. Let's talk to the guy who sets this whole bracket up and tells us how it's going to happen all year long. Joey Brackets himself. Joe Lenardi is coming up right after this.
1: I'm
0: Alex Rodriguez.
4: and the Masters, JR and WrestleMania, Chris Berman, and Sunday NFL Countdown. There are certain names that, when uttered in the sports universe, are automatically attributed to the events that they cover. Today on our show, we have one of those names. He attended St. Joseph's University and was the head of communications there. In fact, it is rumored that he has the silver medal in most SJU games attended in person, second only to that forever-flapping, idiotic hawk mascot that they have. He was the editor of the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, known as the Bible of College Basketball, and it was there in 1995 he invented a little thing called Bracketology. That is also the name of his new book, Bracketology, March Madness College Basketball and the Creation of a National Obsession. From legal notepads to now a constantly updated Google Doc shared with the Twitter universe, please welcome to the show the gatekeeper of greatness, the Philadelphian fortune teller, the baron of the bubble himself. Joe Lenardi, welcome to the show, Joe.
0: Tony, I have been introduced a lot of times over the years, and this is this is at the top of the list. I I hope I can live up to
4: it. Oh, I, I, I know you can. From a little pre-interview that we had, you're already talking about Pinochle and how you're an Italian and Italian stick together. You have my heart already, Joe, so I'm pumped. Now, uh, we are in the midst of the NCAA tournament. The games have been happening, and in my opinion, your job here is done. Is through Selection Sunday, you work, work, work. You go, go, go. Now you have to tell me you got to be in Aruba somewhere, sipping on a mai tai, like you're you're putting your feet up, right? Please tell me you're getting some relaxation now.
0: Well, it is one of the real misconceptions about what I do. Y- y- you know, a casual observer, right? Upon hearing the word bracketology, or for that matter, bracketologist, yeah, would say, "Oh, that that's the guy I want to have help me fill out my bracket." Uh, But, you know, as you alluded to, what it really is, is forecasting the field of 68 before it happens. Yeah. And that is 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 a much uh, well, A, it's a much more narrow specialty and B, I have a lot better chance of being right than I do at picking the actual bracket, which we know is typically won by, you know, the person down the hall in the lunch line yep. who, who, who goes by uniform colors or, you know, th- there's a bit of the book, which talks about this and it is, it is a true story. Uh, I once lost our family pool uh, to a cocker spaniel and the dog's name, God love him was Murray and Murray state had a big run that year uh, to the sweet 16, I think. And my, my then, Young daughters, uh, you know, filled out Murray's bracket and he picked all the teams with dog nicknames. (laughs) Of course he did. Against all the teams with cat nicknames. (laughs) And like when UConn beats Kentucky in the final, that is not a good year for Joey brackets.
3: Hey, Joe, I got to ask, our friend, cousin, Sal, uh, did us the favor so we didn't have to ask you when he asked you earlier in the week if you were a nerd, uh, just very point blank. I don't want to ask that whatsoever. (laughs) What I want to ask is, when is your first memory of really knowing that you had a love for brackets, your first memory of filling out a sheet, and then when did it translate for you, the light bulb going off, saying... This could be a business. March 14th,
0: 1981, uh, the Hawks of St. Joseph's uh, did their version of UMBC over Virginia. Uh, in, in those days, there weren't 16 teams per region. There were 12. And the one, two, three, and 4 got a bye and didn't have to play on opening day or opening night. So we were in the tournament as the champions of the East Coast Conference uh, which was so powerful and legendary in college basketball that it no longer exists, and uh, uh, we ended up winning our first round game over Creighton, and then and then advanced to play the number one overall seed, the unbeaten DePaul Blue Demons, and for reasons of passing understanding to this day, uh, Hall of Famer Ray Meyer, with over you know 800 wins, uh, chose. Not to pressure us or speed the game up, there was no shot clock, no three point line. We held the ball and won on a layup at the buzzer 49 48. Now, I don't want to criticize Coach Meyer, uh, over 800 wins. We, we've combined for 823 wins exactly, he and I, and uh, he has all of them. But, uh, w- there wasn't a player on St. Joe's who would have started for DePaul, and we weren't <laughs> terrible. But, I mean, there wasn't a player who would have started for DePaul. Like, Mark Aguire was on that team. He's in the Hall of Fame. Terry Cummings was on that team. He was an NBA All-Star eight times. Um, so so I'm, 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 I'm here to tell you that, you know, when the bracket came out that year, okay, and I saw, you know, 8-9 versus potentially 1, I thought, Maybe we could be that team. Like I remember where I was when I saw the bracket. There was no selection show at that time. We had to like listen to news radio at the quarter. Right, after right. we Read it off, and uh, I, I was in. I, I was outside the library at St. Joe's on a Sunday. Uh, I, I guarantee you, it wasn't for an academic reason. The 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 bracket came out, and I thought maybe we could be the one. And from then on, I just became fascinated with how the bracket was put together that could even create that possibility, right? Uh, And and it wasn't long after that in 1985 that the tournament expanded all the way up to 64 teams and became or started to become, I guess, the phenomenon that it is now because what's made it a phenomenon at this level is that piece of paper Mm
4: -hmm. absolutely absolutely sure
0: one which is the perfect contest right for both the advanced and the beginner yep because anyone can
2: win anyone can win and you don't have to be an expert in the sport to do well in it and that's different that's different than any other competition that you see in professional or even amateur sports now
4: joe uh In the past, uh, I know Dangles and I have thought to ourselves that I think Joe Lenardi hates the Syracuse Orange because they seem to always live on the bubble. And it seems to me that I'm not alone in thinking that my college is hated by the guy who owns all college basketball. So I have to ask you, is there a certain uh, group a certain college fandom that draws the most ire out of you with the tweets and the emails they send. I can't believe you have Kentucky this low, blah, blah, blah. Is there a certain group or a certain team that sort of just bugs you all year long?
0: Well, there are 289 of them actually. (laughs) And they rotate because there's a 357 team division one membership. And I can only include 68 of them at any one time. (laughs) So by math, that means 289 of them are going to hate my guts and there isn't anything I can do about it. Now, do I have a certain, how eh, should we say, love-hate relationship with a certain group of college basketball aficionados in central New York? Uh, yes, it, it it does appear to have evolved that way over the years. and. You know, we fondly now call it a love-hate relationship. Uh, Uh, They love to hate me. And uh, (laughs) there isn't anything I can do about it. But something happened this year. A seminal moment, perhaps, in this long-standing relationship. Please. And that is, my final bracket had Syracuse as one of the non-play-in 11 seats. And the actual committee slotted Syracuse... Wait for it. Wait for it as a non play in 11 seed. There are only two such spots. Yep. Out of 68. So maybe the tide has turned. I think we just then deserve that eight.
4: spot every year.
0: Amen. And then <laughs> Bayheim, Coach Jim Bayheim of Syracuse, quoted in the Syracuse paper when asked, Was he worried about getting in? said no. Joe Lenardi had us safely in, and when that happens, you know you're good. Now, what I'm here to tell you is, while that may, on the surface, sound like something complimentary.
2: (laughs) We know enough about Beheim to know that that's not the case.
0: That is absolutely a backhanded slap. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In other
0: words... He's been wrong about us so many times. Here's my middle
2: finger. Now, Joe, we're, we're a betting show, and we promised you in advance that we wouldn't ask you to pick lines or give out bets, and, and we stand by that. We won't do that. We know you can't get into that, that realm. But I think there's some through lines between what, what we do when we're giving out best bets each week and what you do with bracketology which is using data and stats uh, both simple and complex combined with real world implications like you know covid strength of schedule injuries and all that sort of stuff to make an educated guess about the outcome of an event so with <laughs> that in with that in mind and without dipping into the world of gambling is there are there tips that you can give to our listeners for when they're crunching all the data to make bets as someone who also does a lot of that kind of analysis of a lot of different factors with an eye towards prediction
0: well, I've studied this a fair amount, as you might imagine. <laughs> You're the guy to talk about it. It has been uh, exhaustively determined over the course of, since 1939, when the tournament was founded, that the single biggest factor, the X factor, the delta, the, the, the elixir of success, is having better players than the other guy. And all all kidding aside, like seems so simple, but yeah. In recent years, they've kind of you know shown that if you look especially deep in the tournament, that having future pros, you know, NBA players, number one draft picks, lottery picks, there is a correlation. Shockingly, that, you know, if Michael Jordan is
2: on your team, that's probably helpful. And (laughs) Just it's how Syracuse won its bit. national title in 2003. That team outside of Correct. Carmelo Anthony was not particularly that good. But Carmelo was so good that he was just heads and shoulders above everybody else. And that's oh. enough sometimes in college.
0: Before Steph Curry, was Steph Curry, he was a junior, skinny, three-point shooter for Davidson that was an 11 seed and went to the Elite Eight. Yep. What do you know? maybe the best shooter in the history of sport of our sport happened to be on a team that snuck into the tournament from the Southern conference that nobody had ever heard of. Well, they've heard of them. And, <laughs> and we know oftentimes the tournament is the hello world moment for these guys. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's why some people like Southern Cal with a player who's equally impactful as a freshman, Evan Mobley. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, could, could make a deep run. I, I think Michigan's freshman Hunter Dickinson is, is one of my favorite players in this tournament because like he, he's a unicorn now of sorts because he's a seven foot back to the basket, old school center, like, yeah. and the basketball gods don't make them anymore. Like, like mm-hmm. they just don't exist. And, and, yeah. and, uh, it, you know you want to see how unpredictable all of this is uh tapping on my my St. Joe's connection a little bit uh you know dear friend and our longtime coach Phil Martelli is is on the Michigan staff he's the associate head coach for Jawan Howard and you know back in January February I, you know I'm like yo Phil like when did you know that this guy was like all that and <laughs> you know, Phil being Phil didn't give coach speak. And like, he, he's like, we didn't, (laughs) he's like, he's like he had a 37 day pause where he couldn't be in the gym. And he got beat out by a fifth year senior who was just a role player to start the year. But you know, then the game started, he got his legs under him and he is like, we used to say about great
3: centers back in the day, he's a basket waiting to happen. Sixty-seven out of sixty-eight picks correct this year. Truly incredible. Yeah, we got to mention that um, before
2: we, we go here. That's 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 nuts. You've The done crazy it all thing in- is
4: though, Drew. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I looked up his past.
3: That's his usual. That's his benchmark. That was my question. Like, it, you know, you uh, being the top of your field and the best at what you do, is that does that one miss? Does that does that make you feel a little uneasy? Are are, are, are you happy with that percentage? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it depends on the nature of the miss. A, a serious bracket of, you know, aficionado. And, and there are now hundreds of people doing this little cottage industry thing. Like, like you, you, you should have gotten 66 or 67 this year with, with, with a, you know, a genuine effort put forth. Like I'm not like rain man or, or like, <laughs> I'm not a Crest, Like I'm not that I'm a pretty good student of the process. Like the best there is. Perhaps, and I know that sounds perhaps. I think,
2: no. I think you've earned the right to say that. After well, I mean, I better be. i doing. It for,
0: <laughs> like if you do anything for 25 years, hopefully you get a little bit better at it. Although my golf game would suggest otherwise. <laughs> um, like this year, the team that I missed, Wichita State, was 69th on my board. Yeah.
3: So, like, am I going to lie awake
0: at night and beat myself up over that? Uh, maybe I would have 20 years ago. But but now I pay more attention to seating and placement. Yeah, because like that's the deeper dive. Do you yeah. have like, like
2: a worst a worst beat of all time? Like we have worst, you know, we have war stories, bad yeah. beats every week. Do you have like what? Do you have like one team where you were like, I just have no freaking idea what I was thinking?
0: Yeah, t- twice I've missed three teams. Uh, a handful of times. <laughs> that's too. such a
2: small number.
0: <laughs> but, but remember, I get thirty-two of them automatically. Given- yeah. True, true. As as, as Billy Packer once reminded me of. uh, And then when I reminded him that, you know, being on the selection show, he had the bracket in advance in his hand and still didn't get all 68. (laughs) He didn't like that too much. Uh, No, this was was a – I was on it. Yeah, no, it was a great year. The last couple tournaments, this one in particular – maybe just because of the year we've had and, you know, in a way we're all getting a mulligan
1: yeah. uh,
0: except when I open the paper and see the coaches getting fired. But <laughs> the, like when I got up on selection Sunday morning, I did not have a knot in my stomach for the first time that I can remember. That's awesome. Now, maybe that's a sense of perspective and maturity. Yeah. Now, doubtful. Uh, or maybe it's because I thought I had it pretty well you Know in hand, oh yeah, and
4: and and but, but I did believe that it's like when you hit the sweet spot with a baseball bat, you know what's going yeah, on, yeah, you
0: know, you know. And and I didn't think they were going to go sideways and start speculating, well, suppose this team had played these extra games and this guy hadn't been out and you know they hadn't lost 12 days of practice before they went to that TV game, whatever the case may be. I thought that the only sensible way was to actually dumb it down and look at simply the results in front of them. Yeah. Now, I didn't know for sure that that's what they would do because they've gone sideways in the past. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure there are some people on the committee in the past that think I went sideways. And, and that it,
4: both can be true. Mr. Lenardi, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We're, we're thrilled to have you as a guest. I mean, you're the legend of Bracketology. You created the whole entire sphere of it. I hope you're enjoying another hobby right now, now that we're in the midst of the tournament and you get to watch basketball. But please tell me you're playing some card game or something out there to pass the time. Are you, are you relaxing in any way?
0: Yeah, there'll be card games and 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 and, and, and tea times and uh, uh, Pepsi with the fellows soon enough. Well, you, you, you've, you definitely,
2: you've definitely earned it. Quickly, I want to sh- thank um, uh, my dad and my uh, my Uncle Joe Tierney who helped me put this together. They all actually went to college with Joe at St. Joe's, uh, and that's how this happened. So thanks to them. I want to shout them out on the show for sure because we couldn't have done this without them. And of course, thank you, Joe, for your time. I know how busy you are, and, and we just really appreciate you being with us. Enjoy
0: the tournament, everybody. I can't wait. Dub C to the WC. G, West Coast, West Coast
4: Gamblers. 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 That was our interview with Joey Brackets. We have the Sweet 16 bets out there. Dangles, what happens if we get Loyola and Syracuse in the
2: Elite Eight matchup? I think we're going to have to go perform like an exorcism, right? Man, I, we, we probably will. This is um, this is something I've thought about because, I you know, looking at the bracket, if, if Syracuse manages to win this game against Houston, and they have a, a, a very nice little path, potential path, i know to the final four it's when you think about good. it they they have to beat loyola and that's it i mean i really like their odds or oregon state if uh, loyola falls either way i think Sister those are
4: gina or beaver let's just beat up the cougar first drew has big blue going our bets are out there sweet 16s are done we're going to be back with the elite eight matchup thank you joe linardi for reaching out and hanging out with us it was a great interview i had a blast Four, for Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, Matthew Dangles, Dangel Antonio, my name is Tony Cavallo. We are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And as always, thank you for listening. Who
0: you betting on? Always on black, Fast stats in the pocket hole, squawk, fast
1: cash. <laughs> Send a bookie, tell bring it from the bag. be coming for the bag. C to the G, West Coast Gang.